Welcome to another special edition of the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Kate Calusiestes, one of the pastors on staff. Our ministry of worship continues even though the circumstances around the COVID-19 pandemic have caused us to cancel our in-person gatherings for the time being. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open and affirming congregation. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our messages, we hope that you will find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your journey of faith. We invite you to listen with us now. For hundreds of years, Christian worshipers have sung psalms in response to hearing the Hebrew Bible reading. For thousands of years, Jewish worshipers have followed this same practice. That's where we got the idea. Because this morning's worship includes that pattern of texts, as you listen now to Psalm 19, I encourage you to think about how it responds to the Exodus passage that Kathy read. If any connections jump out, you can note them in the comments. The heavens are telling the glory of God and the firmament proclaims God's handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech and night to night declares knowledge. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More desired to be are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. But who can detect their own faults? Clear me of hidden faults. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When you place Psalm 19 in conversation with Exodus 20, you notice a couple of things. First, the psalm makes some pretty counterintuitive claims about the Ten Commandments. The law of the Lord revives the soul. The decrees of the Lord give wisdom. The precepts of the Lord make the heart rejoice. The commandment of the Lord is more desirable than gold, sweeter than honey. That is a far cry from the tedious list of divine do's and don'ts. The psalm describes something that we would want, something that's good and good for us. It revives the soul, giving wisdom and joy. That's just way different than thou shalt not. The second thing I notice is how the psalmist begins with the infinity of the universe. It's the magnificent image that Haydn famously set to magnificent music. The heavens are telling the glory of God. But the psalm moves from that vastness to the intimacy of an individual's connection with their God. 
Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord. That interplay between the individual's relationship with God and the whole grand project of God's good creation, that's what has absolutely fascinated me about the Ten Commandments as I worked with them this week. God addresses these commandments to the individual. The you in these decrees, you shall not murder, you shall not covet, it is the singular pronoun. God isn't saying, y'all shall not. This is, you shall not. And yet, the ultimate point of it all is God's whole grand project of life together as a community of faith. You see, the Ten Commandments are the heart of the covenant God makes with Moses and the wilderness-wandering Israelites. The book of Genesis tells us of God's covenant with Noah, as well as God's covenant with Abraham and Sarah, which Kate looked at last week. But in today's Exodus passage, God uses this covenant as a tool with which to shape a ragtag bunch of Hebrew refugees, transforming them from the slaves of Pharaoh into the people of God. That is what the Ten Commandments covenant is built to accomplish. Last October, I watched three strangers build a covenant, and it highlighted for me how covenants shape the way people serve together, addressing what must be honored, what must be relinquished. And while a covenant upholds each individual, its focus is on how they all function in relationship with one another. The covenant benefits the community as the community works toward its shared goal. So let me tell you what I saw last fall and see if you notice the same thing that struck me. As an election volunteer, one of my activities was to serve as a credentialed poll watcher. The nonpartisan purpose of this role is to just make sure that voters can vote. And so the training includes basics like ID requirements and poll hours, as well as a few more complicated things like how the machines work, uh, where the nearest drop box is, um, who to call if there's a problem. Well, you may remember that last October there was worry that there would be violence on or around Election Day. And so our training offered an optional de-escalation training, which I signed up for thinking it would be sort of a, all right, everyone. Let's all take a deep breath. But this was not that. No, um, this was a collection of people, all ages, all genders, all colors, but all were veterans of the recent street protests. And so they taught us things like how to set up your cell phone so that if you are taken into custody, they can't just grab your finger, mash on your phone, and then have access to all your texts and contacts. And contacts. But what I want to tell you about is this role-playing scenario that was acted out among three of the leaders. Their main message was, you do not go into the streets alone. And you and the people with whom you go need to make a covenant up front so that you'll be able to be with one another safely. So to demonstrate this, we were introduced to an African-American man with perfectly graying temples 
a white guy with this huge blonde beard, a young woman with a long ponytail, and three little children moving in and out of her Zoom window. First, the African-American man said, spoke. He said, I'll drive. And you, indicating the woman, you will keep up with the spare car key. OK, so here's what I need. Be on time. Be masked. Dress warmly enough that we can have the car windows down when we're all in the car together. And don't forget where the car is parked. I'm going to park at the corner of First and Pine. And then to the guy, other guy, the guy with the beard. So where's the car going to be? Uh, corner of First and Pine. To the woman, where's the car? First and Pine. OK, that's what I need. Does that work for y'all? They both nodded. OK, good. What do you need? And the guy with the beard said, um, well, with my schedule, I can't go out until maybe 7. And I just really do not want to have to flat out run anymore. Can you all live with that? So the other two nodded. And then they all talked together about what they would do if things seemed to be escalating so that they were going to have to start running. And they all agreed that that would be OK. And then the woman spoke. And she said, well, thank you for masking. And I'd like to ask that in addition to your mask, you carry extra masks so that if we end up with other people who don't have masks, we can give them masks. And then I just really don't want to get arrested tomorrow. That's always just so hard with my family. Are you all good with that? The men paused. You could see them noticing her three little children. And then each of them nodded. And together, the three of them talked about what they would do if they were at risk of arrest. And finally, the first man said, OK, I think we're set. Here's the covenant. Be on time at 7 o'clock. Be masked. Bring extra masks. Dress warmly for car windows being down. We will not run. We will not get arrested. We will not forget where the car is. Where's the car? First in Pine. Got it. See you tomorrow. So once I closed my laptop and worked at de-escalating my suddenly skyrocketing anxiety, I thought about that covenant. Surely it was just a you know, secular arrangement. Nobody had mentioned the word God. But they were very careful with that word covenant. And I think it was aptly applied. Because the trio's collection of do and don't commandments was what shaped the community they would be as together they pursued their grand project of democratic engagement. The covenant God establishes through the Ten Commandments is a framework for how God's people live with God and with one another so that all can thrive individually and collectively through participation in God's grand project. Thousands of years ago, the stipulations placed on each Israelite supported that individual's flourishing and contributed to the people's shared project of journeying into the promised land. It's kind of like wearing a mask. It protects me, and it speeds the day when we will all be free from this pandemic's tyranny. 
Today, the conduct of each member of this community is part of that individual's relationship with God, and it contributes to the grand project that we share, living as the covenant Presbyterian community of faith, which seeks, by the power of the Holy Spirit, to serve the God we meet here at the Lord's table. All week, I've been wondering if y'all ever thought much about the name of this church. Is it a big deal to you that it's called Covenant Presbyterian? If so, let us know in the comments. I've been thinking about that because this is the first church that I've ever been part of that is named after a biblical concept. <laughs> Central Presbyterian, Noonan Presbyterian, Oakhurst Presbyterian, Morningside Presbyterian, those are all named after their neighborhoods. But we here are named Covenant. Covenant is posting midweek messages throughout Lent, tiny little videos in which church members talk about a particular word. This week's word was, unsurprisingly, Covenant. And in her video, Mickey Hubbard connects that word with this community as well as with its individuals. She references how Covenant Presbyterian helps each individual grow spiritually while participating in the grand project of serving God's beloved creation. Church, so much has been changed by this pandemic. But God's call for us to live in covenant with God and one another, that remains. Your individual actions, your prayers, your offerings, your volunteering, your helping imagine our next steps, and then stepping in to make those next steps happen. All of that is an imp has impact on your thriving in your spiritual life and the thriving of this faith community in its life before God. In this weird wilderness time, we, the people of this well-named Covenant Presbyterian Church, can know that God cares about us so much as to call us into God's covenant, instructing us in a life of individual and communal thriving, and inviting each one of us and all of us into God's grand project of salvation and service and joy. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. We would normally invite you to worship with us in person on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But while we weather the storm of the COVID-19 pandemic, we invite you to worship with us live on Facebook or YouTube. And please visit our website, covpresatl.org for more information as well as our full archive of recorded services to learn more about us and to get in touch with us. We wish you well in these times of upheaval. Grace and peace to you.